Hello, you're listening to Fish Food, a podcast for entrepreneurs who started working for themselves to build companies that grow into thriving businesses. Here, we provide bite-sized accounting and entrepreneurship advice in 20 minutes or less. I'm your host, Keila hill Trawick, and whether you're acting as your own accountant or looking for a new one, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the show. Okay, so before we dive into today's episode, I want to define a chart of accounts. So put simply, the chart of accounts is a list of categories that you can choose from to book transactions to. These ultimately become the building blocks for your financial statements and as such, your budget. And most accounting systems come with a default chart of accounts setup that you can manipulate as needed, but a lot of business owners don't do anything with it. Like they end up using it as is. And then those that opt to customize it often make it way too complicated and duplicative. So there's a lot of overlap. There's a lot of the same category being used more than once. And today I really want to talk about which categories you should expect to see and include in your accounting system in order to create the list that's ultimately going to become your chart of accounts. All right, so when approaching your business chart of accounts, you need to know the breakdown of categories on the financial statements. So we're gonna start with the balance sheet and the balance sheet shows us three categories, assets, liabilities, and equity. Assets show what the business owns. I bet you didn't know that you were gonna get like a whole accounting 101 lesson, but I got you. So assets show what the business owns. Since our clients are creatives and professional service providers, they typically won't have physical assets. So you generally aren't going to have inventory or buildings on the balance sheet. Instead, usually this is going to be made up of the company's bank accounts, both checking and savings, along with accounts receivable. If you run payments through a processor like PayPal or Stripe, really be careful because If you integrate these platforms with your accounting system, they'll usually create a default account to reflect transactions. But if you don't do it right, these will be double counted when they're deposited into your bank account. And then accounts receivable reflects outstanding invoice amounts until they are paid. For most of the people that we serve, coaches, consultants, creatives, this just about covers the asset section of your chart of accounts. So then we move to liabilities, which are what the business owes short-term and long-term. So here you're gonna want a separate line for each credit card or business loan grouped into categories based on whether they're expected to be paid off in more or less than one year. And then each time a payment is made, these line item totals should go down. So every time you pay on your credit card or pay on your business loan, you should see the balance go down on your balance sheet because ultimately it's gonna reflect what you actually owe or what's remaining. Now, For most very small businesses, the equity section is going to have three main components. So the first one is owner's equity, and that includes all monies to and from the sole proprietor or partner. Owner's draws, which are payments to the owner that are not salaries, and owner investments to the business that are not expected to be paid back live here as subcategories, as well as personal expenses paid out of the business accounts. Oh, also, if you're making quarterly estimated payments from the business accounts, there's generally a line item for that that goes in this group. The second component of equity is going to be net income. This number automatically pulls directly from the P&L and reflects the year-to-date profit or loss. 
And then finally, you've got retained earnings. And this number reflects the sum of all earnings for the business since the beginning. Except for journal entries, this amount is automatically calculated by the accounting system. It generally kind of serves as a plug figure, and the account is a default created by everyone in all accounting systems. Now, let's move to the profit and loss statement or the P&L. So the P&L holds two main categories, revenue and expenses. Now, revenue includes all income that is actively earned. This section should have a separate line item for your main lines of business or service types. Now, this is a really important step that many entrepreneurs miss. And instead, they'll include all their income in one line. But this misses a huge opportunity to get a detailed view into how the business is making money and where potential pricing or energy shifts should be made. So if you see all of your income in one line, you're not really able to see what services are making the most money, what services you're putting the most effort into that may not have a return. And so you really wanna be able to see a separate line item for the main lines of business. If you've got something that you only do every once in a while, you might have a other service income line that captures everything. But if you do more than one thing, if you've got consulting and coaching and group coaching, you know what I'm saying? If you've got those in different buckets, then you want to see those different buckets on your P&L. Expenses are where the most attention is usually paid, but remember that not every dollar spent by the business is going to be considered an expense. So typically when we refer to expenses in the business, we're talking about those that are deductible and the IRS requires that deductible expenses meet two standards in order to be claimed. So they gotta be one, ordinary or common in your industry and two, necessary, which means helpful in doing your job without being lavish. Now, an easy place to start when you're trying to determine expense categories is to look at the IRS Schedule C. It's not an all-inclusive list, but it's a really easy way, a really easy form to get started with when you're thinking about the main areas that the IRS is expecting expenses to fall into. In addition to that, here's a list of the accounts that we commonly see with our clients. And if you don't have a pen or paper handy, don't worry about it. I'm going to give you a link to download at the end, but here we go. Generally, agencies and service providers spend the highest percentage of expenses on people and software. That makes sense, right? You don't sell anything except for your smarts. And so you're generally paying people to help you and also paying for the software to run the business. So people costs include contractor payments and employee wages, along with associated team costs like payroll taxes, benefits, and reimbursements. And then software costs include both those that you use internally to serve the firm, as well as the systems that you pay for to support or enhance your client experience. We also see bank charges and processing fees from payment processors and professional development costs like business coaches and industry conferences. If you've hired an external provider, an external service provider, like a graphic designer, a lawyer, or an accountant, we're usually going to see these placed in the professional services category. And when you pay to promote and amplify your business via a new website, business cards, or social media ads, we classify these costs as marketing and advertising. So those are the main buckets that we're going to see expenses fall into. Other expense categories that typically come up on your chart of accounts include travel, occupancy costs like rent and utilities for the business. So we're not talking about home office expenses here. We're talking about you have an office 
outside of the home for which you pay rent and potentially utilities for. Also business development expenses, office supplies, insurance, and interest. So, you know, this is the part where I'm always like, what happens if you're not there yet? What happens if your chart of accounts feels all over the place? The good news is for most accounting system levels, you can change it. The caveat that I'll give here that is that as of this recording, QuickBooks Self-Employed doesn't allow you to make that change. And so generally, I will recommend that you go with a service level above that just so that you have more flexibility in how you set up your systems. But for those accounting systems and levels that do allow you to change it, you're going to start by creating the categories that you want to use. And what I always tell people is think of the categories that you would ask your financial statements about. Like what, I mean, just thinking of an a regular question, what would you say, I wonder how much I spent on X, or I wonder how much is in this account, or I wonder how much I've paid myself this year. Like If those are questions that you would want answered, you need a line for that in your chart of accounts. Then you're going to make sure that you create those categories that you want to use in each of the categories that we covered, right? So assets, liabilities, equity, revenue, and expenses. And then you're going to make your current accounts sub-accounts of the new group. The reason that you want to do that is once you make them sub-accounts and then you deactivate but do not delete them... That means you won't lose any prior data, but when you're looking at, say, this year versus last year, now you're comparing apples to apples. So here's an example. Let's say that you had marketing and advertising and PR in three different accounts, right? And now you're like, I'm just going to sweep that all into one marketing category. Well, you want to put marketing, advertising, and PR into this new category because it'll roll up. And when you're looking at last year, when you were breaking it out into all those subcategories, you can still see those numbers roll up to one line that will match the same line as this year. So you're not trying to figure out, oh, last year I called it this, but this year I called it that. Now, here's a pro tip. Most of the main balance sheet accounts are defaulted in the system. So your assets, liabilities, equity, those main header accounts, most of those are already going to be in the system. So you may not have to create those. And then we'll have a link in the show notes to the base chart of accounts that we use for the P&L for our clients. And you can actually import that into your accounting system to give you a head start. And then you can make the accounts that are already in your chart of accounts, again, sub accounts of these new places. All right, so that was a lot, right? I know. This information is gonna make your bookkeeping so much stronger and that leads to better financial statements and an easier tax season. So honestly, just do it. Even though it's tedious, even though it's not fun, I promise that it will be worth it. Thank you for joining us today. If you like what you heard, I've got good news for you. We're supporting you all over the internet. Check out our Instagram at littlefishaccounting or our website, littlefishaccounting.com, for guidance, resources, and ways to work with us. Plus, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to make sure that you don't miss a future episode. See you next time.